Okay, welcome to episode 85 of Running Matters Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Paul Hudfield, and joining me for the first time in some time is Matt, the Wolfman North. How are you, mate? Couldn't be better, mate. Unreal. What have you been doing for the last few months? Oh, you know, resting. Resting. Mm, mm. I hear uh, I hear Canberra Marathon just didn't happen. Yeah. It was so close. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, a little niggle, and... Um, yeah, hemorrhoids, they knock you around. <laughs> it's a disappointing way to DNF, that's for sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, very good. But you're back, back running now? Yep. So uh, just gradually getting back into it and uh, just do some trail runs this year. Yep. And uh, look, look forward to it. What's, yep. uh, what's next on the agenda? Uh, Royal Double Ultra. The Royal Double Ultra. Yeah, weekend of the 1st of August. It's back, I heard. Save the date. I heard you talking with Sean last week. Yeah. First, so, first weekend of August. Yeah. So 31st of July, 1st of August. Yeah. Save the date. It's going right. to happen. The Royal Double Ultra. So 50Ks each day. Yeah. Yeah. And then a 30K option each day. Yeah. I think people can do whatever they want, really. If they mm. want to do less, they can do less. No, let's hold them to it. Hold it. 30 minimum. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Yeah. 30Ks on day one or day two and 34 on day... Yeah. Whatever the other one is. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Uh, sounds good. I'm okay. excited now. Yeah. Good one. And uh, what, uh, what, what, what's the flavour of goo of choice at the moment? Uh, generally whatever Lloydie gives me, but at the moment it's uh, the... What are we having? I'm on the Lemon Sublime actually. Yeah, I'm on the same. Yeah, yeah. delightful. Yeah, it is nice. Just it a few nice. Sublime Point repeats with a Lemon Sublime. Yeah. Goes hand in hand. Can't be the gels. Love the... Love the goose. Now, before we introduce our guest for today, we'll have to thank our podcast partners. So, Goo Energy, Runulla, Base Camp Altitude, Guy Mariallad Health, Fractal Performance Running Caps. Not just caps, though, is it? It's headwear. Headwear. Uh, Precision Hydration, uh, Raid Light, and Sydney Brewery. There you go. Have I got them all? Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. Well, Yep, we'll have a few Glamoramas. I've, I've just tucked into a couple already, actually. Nice one. <laughs> Great afternoon. So we've got uh, Peter Tobin on standby. Yeah, so, so Peter's a little bit of a different athlete for us today. Yep. The first winter, not quite winter Olympian, is she? She'll, she will be. She's guaranteed almost. Yeah. Great athlete. Let's get her on. Okay. Peter, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Lovely Sunday afternoon. Yes, Spectacular. it is. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we don't have much in common. You're uh, studying psychology, you're an athlete, you're a PT, coach, and I'm wearing pyjamas. What? Wearing <laughs> pyjamas. <laughs> what, uh, what do we have in common? Running. We both run. Yeah, that's a good point. Yes, I run shorter distance, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're a 100, 200 metre runner? Yes. Yeah. Now, probably former runner, because yeah. now I'm more in the... Between 40 and 60 metres yep. in bobsled, yep. so it's yep. a lot shorter now, yep. but yeah. That's good. Is that is that literally how far you have to run? Yeah, know, pretty push, much. Push that thing, pretty 40 much. or 60 metres. Yeah, yeah, and every track is different, so it'll be between 40 to 50, 60 metres, yeah, depending okay. on which track we're on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And was the first 40 to 60 metres of your 100 the best 40 to 60 metres? Yeah, yeah, okay. I'd say so. It was one of the stronger parts. Perfect. That, that helps. Perfect. Yes, that yes. Helps. Before we get into too much training and racing detail, tell yep. us about your studying psychology. What year um, are you in? I'm in my second year yep. at UNSW, yep. studying psych. I'm hoping to go into sports psychology. Yep. Um, so that would be the end goal. Yep. Yeah. Nice, nice. And uh, so do you think you could analyze our personalities during the interview and come back with a summary at the end? I can try. Yeah. Definitely try. Just, just to pre-warn you, uh, the wolf actually has three separate personalities that you need to analyze during the course of this. So it's going to be a little bit more challenging. Okay. I've just got okay. the one, so you probably get me done early. Yeah. <laughs> Pay no attention, but I have been meaning, do you think I'd look good as a woman? I mean, you've got the eyes. You've Thanks. definitely got the eyes. Great. Just chuck a wig on and... Awesome. Yeah, I think you'd, I think you'd be fine. I think that comes yeah. in third year, mate. I yeah. think that's the second year. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Is one of Too your personalities early? a female? Too soon. <laughs> Josephine? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's someone else I know. <laughs> but could these legs pull off a miniskirt? That's that's something I'm curious the about. The calves, yeah. yeah. The calves, definitely. Yeah. 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 Hairy, though. Hairy. <laughs> Shape or wax? Mm. What do you think? Ooh, I think wax. Yeah. I think wax. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're... <laughs> great start. Yeah, good start. Should we uh, should we find out about your uh, your genesis as a runner? Where did it all start from? Yeah, so I I guess it started when I was younger. I was always running and always doing sport. Um, probably not until I was a teenager, maybe mid-teens. A coach of mine, a former coach of mine, said that I should probably take it more seriously and try and do something you know, other than just, um, just, you know, club sports, I should try and do something else. So I went over to Europe and I lived for a couple of years in Spain and Italy. And I trained when I was there, mainly I did some 400 and 800 training, mm-hmm. um, competed a little bit, nothing amazing. But then when I moved back to Australia a couple of years ago or a few years ago now, I did uh, a lot of training with Michael in the 100 and 200 meters. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And so with the, the 100 and 200, you also um, work with Jordan Anderson? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I work with Jordan Anderson, yeah, yes. Yeah, so shout out to Jordan. He's, uh, he's put us in touch with you. Friend yes. of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. Mm. And um, do you guys still work together? Does he do some programming or how's that work? Um, not so much now that I've moved into bobsled, yep. uh, but before I left, so maybe six months ago, I was working with him in the gym, yep. and um, he wrote all my programming with Michael Dooley. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I thought Jordan was a big bobsled guy. Yeah. Coming from Canada. That's right. You yeah. would think so. All over it. <laughs> yeah. more, of a, more of a luge guy. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe. Possibly. I, I, I want to bring you back quickly. You, yeah. You, you talked about uh, being pretty tidy in you know, local sport. And then suddenly you're in Europe training for the 400. There's got to be something in between here. Yeah. Did, I, did you specifically go to Europe to train for the 400? Or, no, no. Or was the, the lure sangria in Spain? Oh, I, I love me some sangria. Yeah. Um, I think the lure was more exploring a different culture. Okay. And my coach at the time said that, you know, I may as well go and do that and go and train and, you know, do a lot of gym work and get stronger while, yeah, right. I'm, while I'm there. And I just happened to kind of fall into a group there that was, um, that was, they were all athletes. Mm. And um, so I just ended up training and the reason wasn't to go and train there. It was more just 
travel. Yeah, travel and a cultural experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So two two years over there. How old were you? A few years, yeah. 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 Um, so I was teenager, so yeah. late teens yeah. when I was there. Yeah. And I stayed for, yeah, for a few years before going over to Italy and doing a bit of study there. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And, and was this a uh, serious athletic group you were you were training with? Or, or yeah, or? yeah. So I, my closest friend and one of my training partners, she was a two-time Olympic pole vaulter for Spain. Yeah. Um, and so she was an incredible athlete, incredible inspiration, and I think that was one of my um, kind of my first insight into wanting to you know go to the Olympics and and train seriously for. For, for a sport. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And do, do you find that the pole vaulters have just like the best rounded sort of fitness and physique of all of the athletes? They just look like absolutely He-Man or She-Ra or yeah. some, some sort of cartoon. <laughs> they are unbelievable looking they athletes. They are, like, they are. And, and so were you doing that style of training when you were there? With, with I wasn't pole vaulting, but I was I was training with her and her coach yeah. and I guess there was a group of uh, triple jumpers and there was another 400 meter athlete. So there was a few, there was a few of us. And where exactly yeah. were you? San Sebastian. Wow, in the what North. a cracking spot. Yeah. yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. It was really nice to live there yeah and so you were doing training for 400 there and then you came back and decided to run one and 200 yeah so what was the decision to step down to the shorter distance I think that was more Michael um when I started training with Michael Dooley down at the ridge he I guess we just started doing that I think he saw more um of an explosive power than a longer distance style runner so Mm. yeah that was the reason there so it's just a body type thing, you think? Like, you know, you're a tall girl. Is it is it more suited to being 100 or 200? I think so. Yeah? I think so, yeah. yeah. Okay. I guess. I've forgotten what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what sort, what sort of level were you, were you racing at? Um, just a state level. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what, what sort of time are you coming down to? I mean, it's so far out of my league as sort of 100k kind of guy <laughs> yeah um, yeah what are you knocking out 100 100 meters in probably mid 12s yeah okay. mid to high 12s so yeah. pretty tidy yeah. yeah it's not bad and you 200 oh well, i didn't do much 200 probably maybe high 25 yep yeah high 25s cool yeah. So very good. Still twice as fast as yeah. either of us could get around that track. Not bad. Yeah. Oh, it's well, not bad. My hamstrings are getting pretty tight just thinking about it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I think a 400 rep would be as uh, close as I'd come. Yeah. It'd be horrendous. Um, is there a bit of a big squad of uh, sprinters down there at the ridge with Michael? Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah. There is. He's always had a, a big squad down there, and I think we're one of the main groups that trains down there, which is nice. Yeah. Anyone running? Yesterday, nationals. Uh, Zach Holdsworth. Okay. He runs with Michael. Um, Carly McIver. She ran a two hundred today. Yeah. Um, and the one hundred a couple of days ago. Yeah, there's a few. Okay. There's a few that run at nationals. So they're right up there. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And, it's a good and squad. why aren't these guys running uh, bobsled? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what? Yeah. So you're you're obviously training one day and then you you get approached. Yes. Yes. Um, talk us talk us through that. How does that happen? So I was training at the Ridge on a Saturday morning, and the N Swiss team was down there doing their trials for bobsled. Um, one of the girls, the pilot of one of the Australian teams, she came up to me with a container of candy and offered me some candy and said. <laughs> 
have you ever wanted to try bobsled or have you ever heard of bobsled and I I hadn't I hadn't really and she she told me a bit about it and asked me if I wanted to come and do the trials with them so I finished off my session I think I had like maybe six 120s or something like that finished off my session and joined them for the for the trials Mm -hmm. yeah What's the what's the trials look like? Because you know you bobsled, you're on ice. Where do, where do they do the trials? And I, I need to picture this. Yeah, so what are they running <laughs> the main the main trials that they did was a thirty meter sprint. So testing that, um, testing a standing long jump, and then testing a, a med ball throw. Okay. And then we went into the gym and we tested our cleans and our squats. So you're so, already pretty well versed in this sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the things I'd done a lot of in sprinting. Yeah. So I came away with a pretty good, a pretty good mark for doing that, which was good. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, I think, uh, impressed with how I went. And Ash asked me to come along and start training with her yeah. on a Saturday up at Narrabeen. Um, there's a, there's a sled that the old, uh, the old male four-man Olympic team mm-hmm. used to use. Yeah. And so it's kind of this, almost like a, a trolley that they've made um, and you push it on the track. It's supposed to replicate how a sled would feel on the ice. Um, so it's got a bit of weight on there and you just basically practice kind of pushing that as, as you would on the ice. Yeah, right. As they did in Cool Runnings. As they did oh, in Cool Runnings. Oh, sorry, we forgot to put the electrodes <laughs> on there. Yeah, it's not too late. So we're just going to quickly attach the electrodes to Wolf's nipples because... I really didn't want him to mention that movie through the course of this interview. So the next time it happens, he's going to get a bit of a zap, just so the <laughs> listeners know. Okay, so they're attached now. Cool runnings. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could turn that voltage up. <laughs> it doesn't seem strong at all. There's some more psychology to uncover there. Yeah. <laughs> so makeup. Makeup? No? I... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. So, <laughs> cool. We'll talk about that later yeah yeah so I, I want to talk about your standing long jump how far can you you know get across the sand from a standing start i think two meters was, was my, was my best before? it doesn't sound like something that's been done since 1908 that, that's a long time <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know what the yeah i'm not sure what the purpose of the long jump is hour, isn't it? yeah oh, yeah i yeah. guess it would be your maybe maybe your hip drive yeah. um because that's a big part of like when you first hit the sled um you have to have a lot of power in your hips and yeah, so okay. I, th- I think yeah the standing long long jump and then the clean in the in the gym, I think that's the main reason why they test that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm curious, did you take the lolly when she offered it? I did. Okay. I did. Because oh, I thought that might have been a trick. So <laughs> if you've got a sweet tooth, you're out. Because you get told so many times not to take Not to take lollies strangers. from strangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I did mention that to her. <laughs> but I took it anyway. It was, yeah. well it was a good lolly. Well yeah. <laughs> and how many people are on, on the team? How many people made it through that trial? Uh, so there was just myself. Yeah. Um, and she had already recruited another girl. Yeah. Um, she'd sent uh, Tia, Claire Toomey, an email a couple of years ago. And Tia responded. And um, she is now a part of the team as well, yeah. as well as myself. Yeah. Um, so there was just, yeah, just myself. Yeah. And, and where's the, I guess, where's the genesis of this team come from? Is it just Ash, the captain's sort of brainchild? Or has this come through... Uh, Winter Olympics Australia or whatever it's 
called? Yeah, yeah, it comes from um, yeah the Olympic Institute of. So, so, so they've tasked this ash with finding people around the country. So is that that? Her yeah, role? yeah, yeah. It's it's up to her, and there's another pilot, uh, another female Australian pilot. Yep. And it, it's mainly up to them to, with the help of N Swiss and OWIA, it's up yep. to them to help source the brakeman for the pilots. Find the right people. And, yeah. and so you're, I'm assuming you're in a fours bobsled. I'm in two. You're in a two. Yeah, I'm in a twos. Right. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. you're, you're the brake and Ash is it's the pilot. The pilot. Yes. So you're the brake. Yeah. So I, I reference my wife as a handbrake sometimes, but that's <laughs> totally different. Tell I mean, what... I do. Yeah, I really, I, I, I hold her back a little bit, yeah. but only towards the end of the race. Yeah, you know, right. Only towards the very end. Yeah, right. So how's it, how's it work? How's how's bobsled? The brake. How's the brake work? Uh, it's basically just like a metal grate that when you pull it, it pulls uh, down through the sled into the ice. Yeah. And you're pulling the handles. The, the handles. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The handles, and it goes into the ice, so it's it slows you down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, when that happens, the the sled kind of pops up a little bit, yeah. so the driver doesn't really have too much control over the sled um, at that point in time yep. and that the only time you're allowed to pull the brake is at the very end on the on the outrun if you pull it you know during the, the, the course yeah, yeah which costs you a lot of money in fines oh, is that right yeah they fine you a lot for for pulling it in the middle of the track because it takes so much time to get the ice as smooth and yeah. you know as nice as possible for the sled for the sleds to go down so if you pull it during the during a run, you get in, yeah, That's a bit a of trouble. A lot of pressure for you as the brakeman, yeah. the brake woman. Have, have you ever sort of felt just you know that little bit of an urge just to do it, just to see what would happen? <laughs> I don't think I've ever been able to take my hands off the side of the sled. Like they're just kind of stuck there. Yeah. Because for, for grip, yeah. for grip to, yeah, to, to hold on for my life. Yeah. And so I don't think I've ever, even in the sled, had the thought, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll take my hand off and pull the brake because it's just like you're yeah, just holding yeah, on yeah, as yeah, tight yeah. as you can. Okay. <laughs> what, what speeds do you get up to? Um, uh, when we were in Pyeongchang over in South Korea, we were getting up to 125 wow. kilometers per hour. Yeah. Yeah. Like the males probably get up to about 130 and then 135 for the foreman. Yeah. Yeah. And so, tell us about the first time that you jumped in. Like, were you shitting yourself? I would have been. I was, <laughs> I was nervous, but I had uh, this... The first time I met Ash, the pilot, I had such a weird trust in her. Um, like, I just... I think I trusted her instantly, and I knew that she had a good driving record. So, um, she's, she's done this before? She's, yeah, she's done this before. Right. She's been a pilot for three years, okay. and she was also a brake man for, I think, two years. Okay. Um, so she she's got a, a good a good driving record and she's only crashed out twice in three years. So I, I think that's a very 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 good. How many points is she on? How many? Points? <laughs> <laughs> I think she's still got. Well, I don't know. She's not a great driver on the road. I must admit. When we're in Korea, <laughs> I'd rather drive in the sled than in the car with her. I think. Yeah. Sorry, Ash, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> what what was Ash's background before she got into this? She was rugby sevens. Yeah, rugby, okay. Yeah, she played yeah, for right. Australia. It's pretty yeah. diverse. And what about the yeah. other guys in in the the squad that you're talking about? Where, where have they been plucked from? Um, so Tia was, um, I guess, seen through her social media. So she's quite a big athlete. Okay. Um, she's the four time 
fittest woman in the world. So CrossFit. She's CrossFit, yeah, yeah, CrossFit. Yeah. She's been to Rio and the Commonwealth Games for powerlifting. Oh, right. And it's very popular for um, rugby, powerlifters, weightlifters and sprinters, track and field athletes, yep. to kind of come into this sport because of the transfer of, um, of you know, hips, power, drive. running, yeah, drive. It all kind of transfers into bobsled really well. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess me from track and field and then Tia from powerlifting and CrossFit and, yeah. And, and, and how long between that first crack in the sled on the track in Narrabeen to actually sliding down a legitimate hill? Like how, how much practice have you got even just jumping in the thing? Uh, the first time I jumped in this, the actual sled was the first time I'd ever jumped in the sled. Yeah. So on the ice. So. By the time I had, I think I'd done maybe five sessions at Narrabeen mm. and it was a couple of months after meeting Ash that I went to South Korea. Right. So it wasn't very long. It wasn't very long. They, the coach said, you know, you've, you've got to, you've got to try it because until you get in the sled, yep. you won't know whether you love it or hate it. Mm. And if you, if you get in and you hate it, that's kind of it. There's not really any building up to that. And so he said, just, just go try it and figure it out from there literally dive headfirst into mm. it yeah. <laughs> and, and what was your feeling after the first run i i didn't hate it i didn't hate it i didn't love it i was in a lot of pain on the first run i you know it, i mean the first time that we were in south korea was kind of the first couple of runs that ash had ever driven on that track and it's always for a pilot to go and drive on a new track they have certain steers for certain corners and if you haven't been on that track before you don't really know where to steer and so it was a bit of a bumpy ride and and i was in a bit of pain at the end of it and i didn't i didn't mind that but i wanted to go again i knew that i wanted to go again and that was only from corner six so halfway down the track and by you know halfway down the track you're only going maybe 90 kilometers an hour that's it that's it <laughs> And so it was, I mean, it was cool. It was fun. I think the first run from the top of the track, that's when I knew that I loved it because yeah. we were going that, you know, 120, 124 kilometers an hour. And I thought, yeah, this is cool. I like this. Very good. <laughs> and how long does a run take? Like, what are we talking? Uh, 55 seconds Okay. for so this all, particular track. It's all done in a minute. Sort of yeah, thing. it's all done in a minute. Yeah. yeah. So that's one way to look at yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's all over in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Jump in, close about, your eyes. How about you have these? Yeah. <laughs> Count the corners in your head and yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you're talking about getting beaten up on that first run. Yeah. How much control do you have over what's going on with the, the sled? I... Zero control. It's Zero. pretty much all up to Ash, yeah, yeah. Um, the driver. So, I mean, there's, you know, I can hold on as much as I want and try and keep my body as still and brace it as much as possible. But there's only so much that you can do because if you do hit the side of the track, which in some instance, inst instances you should hit the side of the track yeah. because it will benefit your run. Mm -hmm. So there's always one point in the track um, coming out of a corner 11, going into corner 12, and you always hit. You always know that if you count the corner, you always know it's coming up. So you always brace more mm -hmm. at that particular corner because you know it's just going to hit you so hard on the left and then you're going to get air and then hit really hard on the right and you'll come down, bruise your tailbone and then keep going. So you, you kind of, 
you always know where you, where you should and shouldn't hit. Yeah. So you, you try and brace and you try and keep as still as you can. That's so interesting. <laughs> and I've got visions of a certain movie, which we shouldn't mention, mm. of four Jamaicans cool in a bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lean, leanings sort of for the corners you know and the corner six lean the right sort of stuff so are you thinking that as well like do you have to actually move with the corners or are you just trying to stay steady as yeah possible? you just you just stay still okay. yeah you can't really you can't really move you know the g-forces will pull you in in the direction of wherever the track or wherever ash is steering yeah. so you just you try and stay as still as you can it's hard to find g-forces oh yeah <laughs> Um, so you had a few runs and then suddenly you're in the competition is that how it sort of came about yeah so I was there for a total of four months um and we were you know first couple of weeks learning um and then towards the end of the four months was the Korea Cup which was a qualifier for the um the Olympics in Beijing in 2022 um and so kind of all of our training had led up to to that one to that race race. yeah and how'd you go overall good good we play second um yeah we we won silver which was nice just under or behind the (laughs) behind the um female korean pilot so the the only difference between our, our times was that they had a brand new sled, new equipment, fresh runners, and we were on kind of a, a rented sled. Okay. So that always makes a big difference. The equipment is kind of yeah, very yeah. key yeah, in yeah, the sled. Mm. I, I find it amazing that uh, you, you've just taken such a leap of faith, you know, <laughs> four months in South Korea off the back of a couple of runs and a piece of candy. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> mm. um, and, and so... How is this funded? Is this sort of self-funding or is this uh, Australian Olympic Committee sort of putting you guys up and sending you over there to have a crack? Um, South Korea was out of our pockets. Um, A lot of the winter athletes had gone over to Europe to compete um, in various competitions. And I I think most of that was funded, but we decided to, you know, for our benefit, that we wanted to go over to South Korea and Ash wanted to develop two new brakemen, so myself and Tia. Mm. Um, and that was kind of out of her pocket and out of our pockets as well. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That, that's an amazing step. Yeah. And were there other Aussies there? Like, is there a team of four there training with you or just the three of you, literally? Uh, there was another girl with us. She um, was a former brakeman. Mm-hmm. She um, she retired just after she finished. She, she was there to kind of help us and, and train us up. Um, there was other athletes there, uh, two skele- two Australian skeleton athletes, mm. um, and then there was another Southeast Asian development team that was that was training there. There was the Koreans, there was um, the Israel four man team. So there was a, f- a few different teams around, but yeah. Cool atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, it was a very cool atmosphere. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Cool to train at the the 2018 um, Pyeongchang Olympic venues. Unreal. It was really, really cool to train there. So how do you know when you get the call up for Beijing next year? Uh, we go over to Europe and qualify. Yep. Um, or more, through more qualifying races. And so we'll head over, I think, in October mm. um, and compete in the Europe Cup. And that all leads into the test event and the... The Olympics. And, and what's the process? So where do you need to be to qualify? 
Um, you need to be at a few, a fair few of those races. I think it goes by a point system. Mm-hmm. So you need to compete. You need to do well. You need to, you know, make the times and and then hopefully you get the call. D- does it help coming from Australia? I guess um, do we get special dispensation? Is it, you know, being in, in Oceania, I guess, <laughs> which doesn't have a great deal of teams to send. Do, do we have a like a wild card based entry to send over or there is like a continental discretion so if um if there is space and no one from that continent has uh qualified then you can you can represent your your country by continental discretion yeah okay um but i think you want to earn it i don't think anyone wants to no 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 go to the olympics just because there was a space available i think you want to you know, you you you, want, you go to win, and that's what we're going. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But but as a young team, you you know, you certainly want to be given the best opportunity to be yeah. exposed to that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. competition and that atmosphere, I guess. So, however it happens. Yeah, I know Ash. Ash um, previously qualified um, for the last Olympics that way, and uh, it was a bit controversial that Australia decided not to send them because they didn't they didn't want. A, a team to be sent on that continental discretion right. and so they qualified technically mm-hmm. um, but Australia decided not to let them go and I think that's kind of driving her now to you know t- to make it happen get there on her own to get there. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. fantastic um, yeah. now that you're back in yep. Australia what does a, a week of training look like we're talking about sort of strength and 100 meter training and stuff like that I, I assume your training program has changed based on running 40 to 60 meters and yes. you know, leg, leg drive, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. W- what does your week look like in that sense? Um, I guess it's uh, kind of the opposite to how I would train as a runner. So I'm, I'm in the gym more now than I would be training for sprinting. Uh, so I'm in the gym four days a week and then I'm running three days a week. Okay. Yeah. And are you running just 100 meter based stuff now or, or is it different again? Uh, it's, it's broken up into three days um, of acceleration work because that, that drive phase, um, top end speed, which I need, I guess, towards the, you know, after 20, 30 meters, and then some technical work. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and are you Michael's first bobsled? I'm not actually. I'm, not? I'm his second. Wow. <laughs> so Hayden Smith, uh, he was um, in the four man male team. Uh, a few years ago, and he trained with Michael. Wow. So, yeah, second, second one. <laughs> so this is a path that's been gone down before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so new to me. Yeah. yeah. So what could some middle-aged men that are distance runners? How could we get involved? With, uh, <laughs> I reckon the skeleton's your go, mate. Winter skeleton, <laughs> actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you've got the yeah, if you've, if you've got the balls, yeah, you can yeah. do it. Was, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. Do I ever? <laughs> I mean, it's head first. Yeah, so yeah. You've got to yeah. You've got to have the balls for that. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. One of the girls um, who retired, the day she retired from bobsled, she said, I, I want to try skeleton. I just want to do it. And she borrowed one of the other girls' sleds. She got her gear. She went down. And I saw, I wanted to see her face when, when she, you know, finished her run. And, you know, she came down. She took off the helmet. And I said, how was it? She said, I hated it. I never want to do that again. She, she was in so much pain because she just hit every side of the wall in the track. And it was just... So you're saying there's an opportunity there. <laughs> definitely, definitely. 
Yes, there's an opportunity for Josephine. That's Absolutely. Good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I want to talk about Ash a little bit and yep. how she might train in Australia. Does she sort of sit there playing video games or, I don't know, getting pushed along in a shopping trolley? <laughs> how does it work? Because surely you've got to keep up you know, the reflex and that sort of movement pattern and what have you. You can't yes. really do it on the ice. So what, what's she no. doing at home? That's such a good question. Um, well, I think you should get onto it. Yeah, I think I should probably ask her that. <laughs> Why don't we send her a text now and see how quick her reaction yeah. time? That would That's be. a bad idea, actually. Yeah, yeah. Although she's in the Hunter Valley with her mum this weekend, so she, okay. I don't know, she might be faster. She's had a couple of wines. Maybe. So. maybe. Do, do they breath test you before you go down? No. No? no okay. I don't think they do. You probably have as much as you want. <laughs> that would help being at the back. It would help it's calm perfect. the nerves, that's for sure. And, and do you have to stay light or is it better to be heavy? Uh, there's a weight limit. So okay. the weight limit for females is in total 330 kilos, which is including the sled. Uh, so the sled is 170 meters max. Ki- sorry, 170 kilograms. Kilos, right. Sorry. And then the female, the two females can be, you know, around 75, 80 kilos each. Okay. So it all has to add up to eight, 330. Wow, okay. Yeah. And so do you try to get as close to that as possible? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The closer you are or the heavier you are, the faster you'll get down to the bottom of the track. That's and that's awesome. what you want. And so, yeah. I mean, we're certainly not going to ask a guest how heavy they are. No. But? <laughs> I'm 65 now, Paul. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that's so disappointing. Um, <laughs> Before a competition, if you're not quite up to that scratch, do you do you take take in a couple of burgers or? Yeah, you can. You can just uh, try not to go to the toilet for a couple of days. Yep. Or you can put weight in the sled. You're allowed oh, to put weight in the right. sled. Okay. But it just has. To, if you go over, that's an instant disqualification. Yeah, yeah. So you have to make sure that you're as close to that three thirty as okay. possible. Okay. So you can just oh. chuck a couple of lead weights in. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So you just got the weights on standby, ready just in to case. Chuck in. Yeah. It's not as fun as the hamburgers, though, is it? No, <laughs> not at all. No. You got the option weights, or let's have hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's unreal. I love that. Um, psychology student. Yes. Surely there's a massive fear component to this sport. Uh, how do you deal with, I guess, the fear or the adrenaline or whatever it is at the start? Do you have a little routine you go through? Yeah, I have a routine. Um, I guess competition day is probably the bigger adrenaline adrenaline rush because training as well, but you don't get as nervous to perform, I guess. But the you know competition day is definitely a bigger one. Um, so I, I tend to listen to a lot of music beforehand. I might do some visualization on how I want to, you know, hit the sled and run, um, and then warm up with a bit of music and try and, you know, keep calm until that very last second, because anything can happen on the track. And sometimes you could be delayed for various reasons. Maybe there's a crash ahead of you. And sometimes for the brakeman or the pilot, if you know that, you know, there's been a crash, there's been a delay, you don't want to have that adrenaline and that hype going for the next half an hour because you'll end up burning out and you'll be tired. Mm. So you want to try and, you know, remain as calm as you can until that last second when you, you know, you've got your helmet on, you're walking out the door, there's all of the people there and you want to try and get it then so that you can use it, you know, when the time is right. Because Mm -hmm. if you, yeah, if you, if you start earlier and there's a delay, you can just you can get tired very Overcooked quickly. Yourself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and do you have a cue that you go from being relaxed, you know, maintaining the calm to, all right, I'm on? 
Um, is it putting your helmet on, for example? Like, is there a particular cue you use? Probably putting on, yeah, putting on my race suit because that would be the last thing that I do. Putting on the, putting on the race suit, putting on the shoes, and I think once once that's all on, I think the last thing you do before you walk out the door is put on the helmet. But I like to, yeah, a bit before that, put the race suit on. I probably won't talk to anyone except for Ash. Um, and then we do our little handshake and I walk out the door first, um, just to make sure everything's good with the sled and then she'll come down a little bit later. Um, but yeah, as soon as I get my race suit on, that's pretty much, that's it. That's it's go it. time. It's go time. Yeah. Does, does a special handshake involve sort of butting heads at any stage? Uh, she likes to hit my head. She with, does. She yes. really, when my helmet's on, she, she really, and it's loud, but it, if I, like it fires you up. So it gets you ready. <laughs> it gets you ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a Tommy Rodonigus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All yep. right. Rest in peace, Tommy. Oh yeah. No disrespect. No, no, yeah. not at all. Um, I want to talk about shoes. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure that Renala is stocking bobsled shoes now. Yep. Uh, but no. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do they look like? What do they like to run in? Um, they're almost the same as a track spike, except they have 300 individual spikes mm-hmm. in the top of the plate. Um, and that's just so you can get as much grip on the ice as you can. Yep. Um, but yeah, just 300, 300 spikes in the top. And, yeah. and who makes them? Adidas did. There's no one, no one else at the moment that's making them. Okay. Um, just, just Adidas. Okay. Yeah. If you forgot your shoes, could you wear your, your sprint spikes? <clears throat> <laughs> you could, you could try. I feel like I that's think a finable slip. I think you'd slip. Yeah. Yeah. You would need as many spikes as you can to yeah. to get yeah. grip on the ice because <laughs> wouldn't be good otherwise. So the um, the suits are super tight. Yeah. How long does it take to actually get in one? A, fair, a few minutes. Yeah. Definitely a few minutes. They are, yeah, they're skin tight for the, for the aerodynamics and so that you're kind of wearing as little clothing as possible. Um, so yeah, takes takes at least five ten minutes to get them on. To get in there, <laughs> that's the big problem with the hamburgers beforehand, isn't it? Yeah, you have to be able to fit into your race suit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trade off. I've actually got to listen to a question from Josephine, and she wants to know that she loves the race suits. Where can she get one? Um, are they readily available to the public? Oof. Maybe not the the Australian ones, yeah. but I'm sh- I'm sure you can find one. I'm sure you can find one somewhere. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. Just troll the, the troll's probably not the right word, but just look on eBay. Yeah, look on eBay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. It's a lot like your straight jacket, wolf. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it feels very much the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about food in South Korea? Four months of South Korean food. Yep. How'd you go? There was a lot of Korean barbecue. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Korean barbecue. Uh, good food there. It's a nice. It's really fresh, and they eat pretty well. Okay. Um, the grocery store is challenging. Um, the fruit and veg. It's everything looks so perfect and so. I don't know, it looks almost so perfect that it's fake. Um, and all of the fruit and veg is imported, so it's quite expensive. Beef for 100 grams is like $80. Serious. It's really, really expensive. So they eat a lot of pork mm. and a lot of seafood from Japan. Um, but going out to eat is probably your best bet because it's... Um, yeah, yeah, plenty there. It's plenty. Yeah, there's plenty there. Yeah, Grocery shopping was a bit of a challenge sometimes. 
And, and what about, uh, I'm assuming you know these girls particularly well before you went away, you're in each other's pockets for four months. <clears throat> How did that play out? It was, it was a challenge, I think, going from being an individual athlete to going into a team environment had its challenges. Um, and we were all living in one big house yeah. in South Korea. So we were, you know, training together. We were in each other's pockets pretty much all the time. Um, between my team, it was definitely, it was all good. Um, and we had another athlete that joined us. She was the skeleton athlete from the UK. And I think having that dynamic between one individual athlete and a team and a team environment, it was, it had its challenging dynamics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the time it was, it was okay. Mm. Did um, you have to use your psychology mind tricks on them at any stage? Yeah, I did. A little yeah. bit, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's handy to have. Yeah. I'm assuming that one female on the skeleton crew was a bit loco because you'd have to be a bit crazy to throw yourself down. Is that yeah. Safe you have to be a bit crazy to go head first, face yeah. down. Yeah. 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 Unreal. Unreal. <laughs> and so, uh, regarding the qualification process, sounds like you need to get to Europe. So, when yes. and how can that happen? Uh, we're looking at going over to Canada first of all, um, because before we go and compete in a World Cup, we need to get some ice time. Mm-hmm. And I've only had, you know, four months on the ice, and I think. Um, we need a lot more time before we go into qualifying and before we go into the Olympics and um, hopefully we can go over to Canada which is where our coach is based um, over to Calgary and so we might spend eight weeks there and then head over to Europe from there okay and I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of uh, quarantining process along the way how does that look at the moment I think so um, I think if you're coming from a country that is okay with COVID, it might be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, my coach, when he left South Korea, he didn't have to quarantine in Canada mm-hmm. just because he came from a country that wasn't that bad, yeah. even though South Korea, I think, has a, a fair few more cases than Australia. So if we're still you know, looking pretty good, we might not have to quarantine either, which is yeah. hopefully, hopefully that'll happen. I don't <laughs> think I should be too worried. <laughs> Two weeks in quarantine. Yeah, she's just sitting there anyway, isn't she? Yeah, <laughs> working right. on her yeah, reflexes. That's, right. that's yeah. right, playing video games. How's the training going, Ash? Uh, good, thanks. Just changing channels. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about uh, what about how close you guys are to being competitive? Like, do you, can, are you able to sort of see your times compared to other countries that are doing the same sort of thing, or is it just completely course dependent? It's very course dependent. Yeah. Every every track has. Every track is completely different, yeah. um, so every track has different times. And a track like um, uh, one of the ones in Europe, which is basically every year they make the track from scratch, and so every no, year no, the no, yeah the times are completely wiped. Okay. And and um, the new track in Beijing, I guess there's there's no times on that one either. So it's very course dependent, and and I mean you can. You can see if you are like we were in when we were in Pyeongchang. You can you can you know compare your times, but we were comparing them to times that were done in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. so you know while it's competitive, it's it's it doesn't really mean too much because that's an, at it's the end of the day, day, yeah, it's a different day and it's a different place. So yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Sounds like you're close though. Yeah, that's exciting. I yeah, very yeah. very exciting. Absolutely, we'll we'll watch your uh, progress closely. 
And so how can the listeners keep track and, and follow your progress? Uh, we have a team page on Instagram, which we update pretty regularly. Um, apart from that, when we head over, I guess that's probably the main the main place that everyone can can keep up. Yes, yeah, so what's the team page? Sorry, Ozbob uh, Tribe. Ozbob Tribe. Yes. Yep. Simple. Easy to remember. Easy to remember. Yeah. I'm All excited. Right. Yeah. First <laughs> cool. Winter Olympian on the on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What a privilege. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> And all the way down in the sunny Sutherland Shire, who yeah. thunk it? Yeah, right. <laughs> yep, it's yeah. opposites, absolute opposite. Very yeah. good. All right, well, just um, keep me in mind if you are looking for a female skeleton crew. Uh, I I'm will, up for I it. will. Yeah, I'm up for it. I'll just shave down and suit up and do whatever it gone? takes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm used to being strapped in. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> that might be our first edit, Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> They come out badly, didn't they? It's supposed to be a reference to Australia. It's come out badly. All right, excellent. We'll leave it there. Uh, Peter, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having uh, me. Yeah, we'll see you on the big screen. Yes.